0: Good morning, everybody. Hello, my name is Elizabeth Jean Foster, though most of you know me as EJ. And I am here to talk to you guys about putting on kindness. I'm the proud daughter of Heather and Brian Foster and the proud sister of Palmer Foster. So putting on kindness. Well, starts with a little something like this. Ta-da! It's a little bit of the quick change without the quick but that's okay so today as you may well know is youth sunday and i am currently a senior which means that i've been through a lot of schooling and with all of those years it starts out with the first day of school now as i'm sure most of you are aware both of my parents are teachers which means that first days of school are not only hectic for my sister and i but also for them as it's their first day as well i mean you have to get up, you have to get dressed, you have to get everybody's teeth brushed, food on the table, lunch boxes packed, all within the span of about an hour or so. So to combat this, my parents always had us set out our first day of school outfits the night before. Now, the first day of school outfit is pretty important. It is imperative that it is perfect, and I specifically remember my first day of fifth grade. I was wearing my amazing blue, jean-like pants crossed with leggings, a pair of teal Converse, and an ice cream sparkly light blue shirt. I was the coolest kid on the block in any case you know, Don't worry, Olivia Godwin still lives one block over, so she holds the title for that section. <laughs> but now, of course, I'm getting ready to go, and I'm walking up to the bus, and my dad's taking me because we have to go from the middle school, and I remember him saying, hey, We're so proud of you, you're gonna have a great first day. Go find somebody who's sitting by themselves and be their friend. We love you." And this was a phrase that wasn't unnecessarily uncommon. I mean, it happened every single year, all the way up until my junior year of high school, whenever I moved from Triton High School, all the way up to North Carolina School of Science and Math, which is in Durham. Now, suddenly, I was the new kid all over again, and it was the first day of school. I was so nervous. I remember putting on my first day of school outfit, and I was walking to my first class, which I believe was physics, and I remember looking down at my phone, and on our group chat called the Foster Fam, I remember it saying, Hey, you're going to have a great first day. We're so proud of you. Go find someone who's sitting by themselves and be their friend. We love you. What a phrase, and I remember this was the first time that I ever actually understood why he was saying it. Now, obviously, it does take a little bit of the nervousness off of you. You're not focused on yourself anymore, you're focused on someone else. But more importantly, it starts the first day of a new year by putting on kindness for somebody else. And that is a great first start. Now, this isn't the only thing that you can put on with no cost to yourself, unlike a fantastic sparkly ice cream shirt, might I add. You can also call yourself in compassion, in humility, in gentleness. (sighs) Now, of course, these are all great qualities, but the most important part of it is the put on. It's the verb, it's the action, it's the work behind us. Kindness takes constant work, and that's where I've seen it myself. I see it every single day, whenever I get a text from my mom, or she calls me, or I see her and she's so happy that I'm happy, that I'm healthy, that I'm safe, and that I'm having a good time. Or my dad with, I'm sure you've heard one of his anecdotes, if not, you will, eventually or a joke of some sort, making sure that I'm okay and talking about anything and everything to help solve problems. It's my sister who, while she does talk about 50 billion miles a minute, is always ready to make sure that I am feeling good, even when I'm down. She makes me laugh more than anybody else. It's my grandparents who are here today. They're over here. You can say hi. My Mimi who sends me a text almost every day that starts with, Hey little unicorn, so go fighting unis. And that's our mascot. And she always makes sure that I go outside in the sunlight and I eat a vegetable, which is kind of hard when you're a poor college kid equivalent. Because, and my poppy, who gives the best hugs of anybody, it's all of you who have made it a point to do the work to make sure that I felt your kindness every time I come back home from the day that I was baptized in that baptismal font right there, and my God who loved me before that. This is a kindness that you have shown me that has made me a better person today. It is the action that you have changed in my life, and I really hope that all of you know that. And please note, please invite yourself, invite myself, to help with you, to understand that this kindness has changed my life, and I hope that you can think about how you put on kindness every day for the people around you, and how you can take that kindness and affect others, and change the world as you have changed me. Thank you.
1: Good morning. My name is Jackson Pope, and the emotion I was dealt with and will elaborate on is gentleness. I think it's funny I got assigned gentleness because I am not a very naturally gentle person. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of not being gentle, a few months ago, I was eating uh, dinner with my family at the dinner table right after the New Year had started, and um, the the subject of college arose. Whenever my little sister Eve hears about this, she gets all choked up and can't think about me leaving and not being there as much anymore. I gave it to her a little more straightforward than she deserved, and I was not gentle with this. Um, I should have been because of her emotional standpoint, but I was not. I kept feeding it to the fire of emotion and telling the hard truth, even though I exaggerated it more than I should have, but it's pretty hard for me to be gentle with something like this when it scares me just as much as it does her. Uh, she cried for quite a while, and I did not give her the apology deserved, so I guess here that is. I'm sorry, Eve, and I love you, um, Averitt, you too. But uh, the same love I present to you, weirdly enough, I also present it to my Jeep. Uh, I absolutely love working on my car and hate for anybody else to touch it or try and work on it and let alone mess it up because they don't know this machine like I do. And I put a great amount of time and effort into things in and on my car, but along the way, my lack of gentleness has led me to break just as many things as I have repaired. So there's been countless times this has happened. Uh, for instance, I pulled my bumper off the other day to put my new LED fog lights in. But in the process, I didn't realize I broke every last retaining clip in my fender flare. Just broke them all. Uh, This may or may not have resulted in them flying off of the side of my car when I drove away from my buddy's house. Uh, Sorry, Dad didn't tell you that. Um. (laughs) Uh, But don't fret with more gentleness instilled in myself this time. I was able to fix the fender flares appropriately and learned a little more about gentleness on the way. But honestly, when I think of gentleness or uh, someone asked me how I perceive gentleness, I think of the ways I act around my younger siblings. Being a teenager with younger siblings isn't always easy, and yes, it's obvious you have to be physically gentle with them, but the emotional gentleness is really what matters here. Over the past few years, I've realized the approaches I take towards them have to be different. They have to be more gentle. They have to be different than someone my age. I mean, I have to take, um, sorry, I have to take a moment and step back and realize they don't have the prior life knowledge that I have or my peers have. I have to place that degree of gentleness in our hearts, for I like some of that quality myself. Every day I work to better myself, but at the same time, I try to better my younger siblings so that they can be the best versions of themselves they can be. Thank you.
2: I had issues with the mic earlier, so I didn't want to mess it up again. Uh, but good morning, everyone. Thank you. (laughs) I know it's the third time today, but (laughs) come on, guys. Um, uh, If you don't know me, my name is Ross Stevens, and I'm the son of Charlie and Beth Stevens, as well as the brother of Taff Stevens. And this is what I want to start y'all out with today. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And Jesus tells us to clothe ourselves in compassion. Mom. Good thing we live uh, right down the street from the cleaners, but I'm taking this off. Okay, Jesus tells us to clothe ourselves in compassion, a word so commonly used, but yet in this world so commonly misunderstood. Many of us, including myself, see ourselves as being compassionate or as something that we have all felt or experienced in regards to someone else. I want you to picture in your mind a time where you are compassionate to someone else, or just doing anything expressing your compassion. While picturing this in your mind, I want you to think about these things. Did you weigh the scales to see if it benefited you first? Did you do it just because it was the right thing to do? Or was it just out of the kindness of your heart? I found myself, while writing this, questioning what compassion truly is and what it means to me. To be honest, I couldn't really give myself an immediate answer. And after giving it some thought, I had a light bulb moment of what compassion directly correlates to. This thought is something that all of us know so well and also know as one of the golden rules that God teaches us. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In this sanctuary right now, I can look around and see in, see this in every corner as it fills up the church every time I step foot inside this place. Saying this, I am grateful that the people in this church right now have been role models for me ever since my little blonde head was in the nursery and teaching me how to clothe myself with compassion. This clothing has come in different colors and styles for me as I've gotten older and as I've changed these clothes over and over again, I've noticed a constant trend. A trend that has stood consistent through the people in this church. When I walk through these doors here on Sundays, I look forward to aspects of our church that most of the time go unnoticed as displays of compassion. Whether it be Miss Linda's comforting hugs and words of affirmation, Miss Christian's nice smile, Foster's cheesy jokes, Miss Dina's high notes and Mr. Rick's low notes, passing the peace with the Hatleys, and of course, Howard's sermons that erase all of the negatives of the week before. The list can go on and on, but ultimately, I've defined compassion through you all. Being the first to clothe me in compassion, however, is my family. From new ball caps to the bottom of the soles in my worn-out sneakers, my family has clothed me as well as others with compassion and love. This compassion and love can be pretty overwhelming and non-typical, as this is what my family is. You're in need, my family's got you. You're in trouble, my family will protect you. You're in a low spot, my family will pick you up. You're hurt, well, my family's got a band-aid. When someone asks me what I look up to and who I want to be like when I grow up, I can proudly say a piece of each individual of my family. I'm not saying this because they do it just for me, But over the years, I've truly seen that it does not matter who you are, what you look like, or what you stand for, that no matter where you are, where you're at, or need, that you always have a shoulder to lean on. But why do they do this? They aren't looking for a thank you. They're not looking for anything out of it or in return. They aren't trying to put themselves on a pedestal. They do this because they know at the end of the day that this is what God wants us to do and that they would want to be treated just as this. God stated in the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now saying this, I want everyone to find out what compassion truly means for you and to leave this place following God's golden rule and clothe others with compassion. Amen.
3: Alright, everyone. Um, I'm Carter Daltry. I am the son of Parrish and Larry Daltrey over there. I'm also the brother of Reese Daltry and Cole Daltry over there. And today I'll be preaching to you about what it means to clothe yourself in humility. see if I can take this off real quick. Now, before I get started, I would like to thank everyone here for coming here on this Youth Sunday. Uh, I want to thank everyone in my church family, my friends, and, you know, my actual family for always being there for me and making me who I am today. So, thank you guys. But each day when we wake up, we clothe ourselves to get ready for specific events within the day ahead of us. For instance, if I have a football game, I wear pads, a helmet, and a jersey. If I'm going to school, I typically wear something casual, like a hoodie. Today, my parents decided to make me wear a tie, since I'm preaching for you Sunday. We wear clothes for specific events. Character is much like clothing. We often find ourselves acting differently within different situations. God wants us to dress up in particular characteristics. He wants us to approach our days through kindness, gentleness, patience, compassion, and humility towards other people. Now, to my point, I feel like humility is one of, if not the most, important characteristics for a Christian to have. You might say, humility means being a bit more suspicious of yourself and being more generous towards other people. We tend to want to think of ourselves as the best maybe even as better than others. But no one is better than anyone else in the eyes of the Lord because we all fall short of his glory each and every day. Jesus said, all who humble themselves will be exalted and all who exalt themselves will be humbled. Humility is so important as a Christian because humility is about not exalting yourself when it oftentimes is easy to. When we live a life of humility, we are living more like Jesus did each and every day, even as we all fall short in the Lord's eyes. However, the characteristic that opposes humility is pride. A lot of, if not most of the evil today, stems from acts of pride. Pride deters us from the life the Lord calls us to live. It makes us too worried about ourselves to do God's will, and it instead makes us want to do our own will. Let's look at James chapter 4, verse 14. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Pride in different parts of money, pride in different parts of life, think about money, social standing, or any other facet of life, for example, is pretty dangerous because our lives are very short and circumstances in our lives can change on a dime. You can't have pride towards yourself above others because your life and the things in your life can easily change on a dime. So pride only only hurts you as a person because life naturally humbles you. It takes humility to ask someone to literally pick you up and put you into a shower to help you bathe because you can't walk. It takes humility to ask for someone to help you get dressed and get in a car because you can't put weight on your foot. It takes humility to give people many chances to get things right, especially if you've always done wrong. Finally, it takes humility for people to trust you even when you haven't given them a reason to trust you. While we can never be perfect as human beings, we have to try to be more like Christ each and every day, because he was the man without sin. He was the man who defeated death on the cross, and he is the man who showed humility towards those who eventually killed him, even when he could have easily given up on us or fought back when we persecuted him constantly. Jesus constantly places his faith and his grace unto us, even though we have never deserved it and never will. So therefore, Jesus always took the road of humility, and because of that, we have the hope of being saved. That's why the road to humility is the necessary path for us all to take within our lives. Thank you.
4: Good morning! How's everybody doing? Okay, my name is Reese Daltrey and I'm the son of Parrish and Larry Daltry, right over there. And I'm the brother of Carter and Cole Daltrey. And today, I would like to talk to you about one of the main virtues that we've been discussing and that is patience, my friends. So what is patience? Okay. What is patience? Well, according to some kind of dictionary, patience is the ability to wait or to continue doing something despite difficulties or to suffer without complaining or being annoyed. Now, what's the biblical definition of it? Well, the Bible says that patience is the capacity to tolerate challenges or delays without getting upset. Now... Most of us would like to have more patience in our lives, but it's not always easy. It can be hard when you feel like you have somewhere to be and the person in front of you is like driving really slow. Or when you have to stand in a long line in order to get what you want or need. However, that doesn't mean that we don't need to try. We should always try to have more patience in our lives each and every day. And that's because, according to the Bible... Patience is a representation of the character of God, since God is patient with us every day. For example, in Colossians three, the Bible says that along with being humble and gentle and compassionate and kind, we should also be patient and bearing with one another in love as God's chosen ones. So if we want to become more patient with each other, then we should practice it. If we practice it, we will get better at it. Kind of like how you practice track or football or baseball or some other kind of activity that you enjoy doing or as my mom put it one day it's kind of like waiting on a flower to bloom you have to let it bloom in order to see it grow kind of like how god waits for us to grow so therefore if we as a people practice being more patient with one another we will get better at loving our neighbors more frequently And we will also get better at doing what Jesus himself did best. And it was that he was patient, compassionate, kind, and forgiving towards everybody that he met. Now, a few examples of people that have been patient with me throughout my life include my parents, my church family, and my youth advisors. I would like to thank all of them for their guidance in my life. And I would also like to thank them for the way that they have showed patience towards me. So what we can take away from this is that by being patient, we can become more tolerant towards other people. And that will eventually lead us to become more of what God wants us to be. So being patient, is definitely worth it. If we practice it, we will get better at it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.